Good afternoon. Welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Ray. It's a magnificent seven today. Um, got a, a few familiar faces back as always. We always like to do a, a worldwide chat once a week and uh, great to have people from you know all corners of the globe. And uh, welcome back to Daz, Adam, our lead, Nathan, Martin and Andre. Good to see you fellas. Um, plenty to talk about as always. And uh, let's start off with the fixtures, lads. Um, Daz, I'll come to you first, mate. Uh, opening, yep. opening fixtures. It wasn't Leeds United, which uh, the person who always leaks them annually seemed to think it was going to be. Um, it's West Ham. Uh, you know, where is our first game? So, what do you make those opening three fixtures? And you know, what do you think? What do you think the points tally is going to be? Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, they, they were favourable. The the draw. Let's say uh, we have to we have to make a a good early start. I guess uh, we need to hit the ground running um, because. Uh, okay, if the, the first couple of fixtures, depending on if we get a striker uh, and what other signings we can bring in on loans or freebies or whatever, uh, uh, I think maybe six would be a, a good a good uh, good start if that was possible. But because uh, it gets a bit trickier around Christmas and even towards the the end of the year, we don't want to be in that dog. Well, we are going to be in, the, in that dog fight as as, as it uh, stands, uh, but uh, we don't. That the, the remaining fixtures at the end are, are going to be tricky. Yeah, um, same question to uh, you, Adam. Um, you know, opening opening fixtures. You know, it's it looks a bit easier than I thought it was going to be. I've got to be perfectly honest. I, I I think six points six points is probably a little bit too much. I've gone for four. What about you, Adam? Well, I mean, we've done well against West Ham away last two years. I think we won both, right? Three two, and uh, yeah, I think three two. So. West Ham away has been a been a profitable fixture for us, um, but it's hard to ever get your expectations too high with Newcastle. So if you, if you offered me four points right now from the first three, I'd take those. And, and to Daz's point, it does get really, really tricky around Christmas. And actually, the end of the season might be a little bit messy as well with some of those teams around us probably uh, to play in the last five or six games. So... I, I would like to get four points from the start, knowing that we probably won't get much over the festive period. And if we're, you know, if we're eight, nine, ten points clear of relegation in the last few weeks, I'll be, I'll be delighted, frankly. Yeah, I mean, Adam, that running is horrendous, isn't it? When you look at it, I mean, you're looking at four teams in that in that final game, uh, final final period of games where, oh, you know, we're all challenging for Europe last season. Yeah, it's going to be very difficult. Yeah, it is. Al-Walid, uh, the fixtures, it's always an exciting time as a football fan. Uh, usually, you know, in England, obviously, you don't have the, the opportunity. When, you, when it starts getting around to August, you know, a lot of people are going out and buying the replica shirts. They've had a couple of months off with no football. And then the one thing they look forward to is is getting to the bar in Newcastle, having a couple of pints <coughs> with their friends or their relatives, and then walking up to St. James's Park and just breathing in that atmosphere at St. James's Park and then getting in and, you know, back with your mates, sitting in your usual seat, 52,000 people there cheering the lads on. There's nothing better. But um, those fixtures are, are the first part of that. What, what do you make of the fixtures? Uh, to be honest... Uh... You saw uh, some tweets about uh, the leaking of what uh, the first uh, fixture will be. For me, I don't, you know, care. I don't care much about the fixture, the, the, the first uh, games, because usually you, ha you should focus on the whole games. You will play against 19 teams at the end of the season. It's not very important for me. 
to who, who you're going to face in first or second round. For me, uh, we need uh, good preparation. Uh, the coach should uh, uh, practice the plan and the uh, formula of the teams, uh, prepare the players, because every, every game is important. First is the second one, the third one. Yeah, this is my just, yeah. uh, just opinion. No, good point, um, Nathan. Uh, welcome to the show. Um, yeah, I mean, you've got, as Al-Waleed says, you, we've got to play all of these teams at some point, but um, you've got to get off to a good start, haven't you? There's, there's always something about getting of off course. to that good start. Go on, yeah, Nathan. I think so. I think like what we what we saw in in, uh, in Rafa's last season, like we had mm. a bit of a terrible start, and we tended to like come, we tend to come good in the second half of the season, but it. If, if if possible, we want to we want to shy away from that, don't we? We want to get a good start early on, obviously, like everyone does. I, I fancy us to to get something at West Ham, whether that's a draw. Um, not too sure. We, we tend not to travel that well to London, as in on the whole. But I guess it's a it's a good opportunity for us. I think you, you, you we need to get something at Brighton, don't we? When Brighton come up to us, even we need to get something there, definitely. Um, and then. With Spurs away, like it, it depends what Spurs turn up, doesn't it? Because they can be, they can be abject at times, and they can be fantastic at other times. So I guess it, it's a bit of a lottery. We tend to do well against against Burnley as well at home, at least. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd fancy. I don't, I don't think Burnley are going to be, uh, like the mood in the town. Like they're not, they're not strengthening. They don't seem to be strengthening at all, and they, you know, they, they could well lose a few players as well. So I think it might be a, r- a rough season for them with with no money to spend. Um, so yeah, I'd fancy to get off to a decentish start. Uh, I am worried at the, the 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 tail end of the season, though. Um, hopefully, we're in a position where we have been last season, where we were, were safe before the last sort of four or five games. But I mean, we're in and around what Liverpool, Liverpool, Arsenal, Man City, Leicester in the last few the last few games of the season, and Sheffield as well. They're going to be no mugs, and then the last game of the season, Fulham are probably going to be fighting to stay in the division, aren't they? I would have thought. So yeah, they're going to be really up for it. So. Yeah, we need a good start, and then we need to get our business done before, before the last month. I'd say before it, we need to be safe in April. I reckon. Yeah, I would agree, Martin. Um, you know, fixture li- the fixture list. It's weird for it coming out now, isn't it? You know, with, with obviously the the, the 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 delayed part of last season, and now you know we're in, into the new season, and, and and obviously the transfer windows open through October. But um, yeah, what was your, what was your take on those on those opening you know those opening games for Newcastle? I think pretty much the same as everybody else, Steve. I think you know if you if you offered me the four points now, I'd snap your hand off. Um, but yeah. again, you know Nathan makes a good point. It depends which team turns up. It depends which Newcastle team turns up. Firstly, and then it depends on what other teams. Brighton, you know, we've gone down there and done well, and then they've come up to us and we've struggled. You know, Spurs, we turned them over last season, but they could easily we could go down there and get turned over four one. You, you you just don't know. I think the end of the season um, is a massive, massive worry for me. I think, you know, we, there, there were a lot more teams struggling this year than um, than I think there will be next season. I think your, your Fulhams and whatever, maybe. But you just don't know. And I think, you know, Dale said, if we if we don't get a striker in, you know, we need to keep hold of Gale. But if we don't get a striker and somebody that can get us, you know, 10, 15 goals, I think we're in trouble. I do. I think I, I am worried, I have to say. Yeah, no, I would agree. Andre, what's your take on those opening fixtures? 
you know, for me, for me, this time it was a bit different than the previous years. You know, I was always, you know, full of excitement to look at the fixtures, to to make a plan to which games I can go this year. But now with COVID, it's all it's all different, and. Uh, it's uh, as the guys were saying, you know, the, on, on paper the fixtures look a bit easier than, than than the previous year, especially the home games against Brighton and Burnley. I would say that are should be at least on paper like uh, six points, or, or at least I hope. You know, the, the the one thing I fear is that the the past three seasons, the first home win, August two thousand and seventeen, we I, I was at the stadium with Bulgarian friends for the game against West Ham. Then in uh, in 2018 we were there for the Nove uh, November home win against Watford, and last year I was there for the first home win against Man United, and I'm I'm just wondering I, I just hope that this season the first home win of Newcastle is not again with, with my next trip to the to the city because I don't know when, when this will be. Uh, and one more thing, you know, I had tickets for the March quarter final against Man City. And when, you know, when, when we saw the situation, I had to rebook my ticket. So I took a chance and I rebooked for October without knowing anything. I just booked mid-October days to, to Newcastle. And now I see that uh, this coincides with the home game against Man United. So for me, the big question will be when the fans will be back. And will it be 30% of capacity or 100%? And honestly, it, it will be great if October is open and, uh, you know, I can combine the trip with a, with a visit of Man United like last year. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, let's talk about uh, the, the the incoming players. Um, obviously, one back, you know, one, you know, one hopefully coming in very shortly. Hendricks, it seems to have dragged on uh, for a long time, but uh, Hendricks seems to be more or less a done deal. I think we can talk about that in that sense. And of course, the other one is uh, Matty Youngstaff. Uh, finally, uh, the Willie Warney saga has finally been sorted out, and Matty has uh, has confirmed that he is staying at the club. So, Daz, um, let's talk about uh, Hendricks first. I mean, we know that Lee Donnelly takes his time with transfers, but really is taking his time with this one now. But it looks as if he's, he's going to be a Newcastle United player. So, are you happy with that bit of business? Obviously, we, we brought Gillespie in as a goalkeeper, so that was our first bit of business. Uh, Hendricks, good signing or not? Yeah, no, we we touched on this the last day, Steve. Yeah, and uh, I think a bit of takeover of fatigue. Uh, but yeah, um, I'm willing to give him a chance. Uh, he wouldn't be my 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 first choice or <laughs> tenth choice even. But uh, no, willing to give him a chance. Uh, look, he's 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 uh, can't do any worse than Bentleb, and uh, we'll we'll see how he how he how he gets on. Um, yeah, yeah, I was looking at another on YouTube channels and saw. Some of the analysis that they did on it as well, they did on him, and uh, yeah, he scored scored a few goals. And of course, he, he's Irish. We uh, we will we'll, we'll, we'll give him a, a shout. Hey, Martin. Absolutely. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I've I've a long li other list of uh, other other players I'd like to to discuss as well. But uh, let's let's stick to to Jeff Hendrick for the time being. Yeah, and Matt Longstaff. Happy to see Matty put pen to oh, paper. Yeah. Happy, happy that that Matty uh, has going to stick with us. Yeah, the two-year contract it probably suits uh, everybody. Um, of course, like at the end of of next season, he's he's uh, it's it, the talk will start again because because it's only a two-year deal. But just just on Matty, obviously the the whole contract situation affected affected him this this season in his first debut season first. But I think it also affected Sean. Um, so I'm expecting that now that Maddie signed, that that Sean will, will will come back to himself, and uh, hopefully we get to see him in a kind of a, a number ten position at at different stages through the season as well. Because okay, everyone played well against Bournemouth, but he he really stood out that day. 
before he went off injured. Uh, Dash, can you give us any insight into Jack Byrne? Mike Stewart's mentioning there. He says he's a, a good player at Shamrock Rovers. Wouldn't know anything about him, <laughs> to tell you the truth. Well, we'll come to you, Martin, on that one quickly. Anything about Jack Byrne? He's not related to the Byrne who used to play at Sunderland, is he? No, I don't think so. I know he broke into the Irish team there, um, I think the back end of last year, but like Daz, don't know that much um, really about it. The Irish season's only really kind of getting going again. Um, yeah. So not not too much. Again, you know, Daz will tell you, you don't, other than maybe a Sunday, you don't you don't get a lot of write-up, doesn't get a lot of coverage. Odd couple of games on the TV if they're cup games, but again, there's no, it's it's very similar, Steve, no investment in the league. Um, so it's, it's yeah. quite, it can be quite low-key, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, you, Martin, about the, yeah, the, the, you know, the transfer activity. Hendricks looks like it's a done deal. Matty Longstaff's put pen to paper. Happy with that so far? Yeah, I think um, it seems to be the, the norm again. The, the signings and Matty re-signing seems to be splitting the fan base again. Um, I, I think Hendricks will do okay. Yeah, he's not a superstar, but like I looked at some of his stats and the good thing with him is he plays most of the games. Like he played a lot of games last season, you know he's got a good he's got good passing stats. So if if we compare him, I I think he'd probably be better paired with Hayden than Shelby. That's just my view. But um, I think you know if we can if we can get a bit of energy around, you know, between the two boxes and 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 a, and a bit of breakup ball and a and a half decent pass in, I think he'll do a job for us. Um, Maddie, uh, probably I'll divide everybody now. I, I wasn't that fussed. To be honest, I get I get he's a local lad, but um, look, I think it's an extra it's an extra head in the team. But I don't know, you know, he's obviously been given river insurances by Bruce to for his playing time. I think the two years is is a bit odd. Um, I thought it would have maybe been a bit longer given his age. But again, you know, as Daz said, maybe it suits everyone um, at the club. Maybe he wants to give it that eighteen months and see: Am I going to get the games, or you know, what's happening with the club? And maybe same with Bruce. So I think it probably suits everybody all around. Will he get loads of games? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, Adam, come to you, mate. Um, Matty Longstaff first. You know, I think Martin's right. It has certainly split opinions. I've seen, you know, a lot of people either grumbling about it, saying they weren't that bad whether he stayed. I've seen other people saying that from their perspective, um, you know, he'd probably be looking at nine months' time and trying to renegotiate his contract again. But shouldn't we just be happy that he's signed? Yeah, I think we, we should just be happy that, that he's staying. Um, there are really sort of any number of reasons why it was a good deal for, for both player and for club. I mean, I, I totally agree with Daz that the best thing about Matty Longstaff signing is that it may bring back the best out of Sean. Um, you know, they're, in some ways, they're both sort of on um, prove-it contracts right now. They've both got two years left. Um Matty doesn't have to be registered this season, which I know I've been going on about on this show for a couple of weeks now, but Newcastle have got real problems with the registration of players and Matty doesn't have to be registered this season. So in some ways, he's, he's sort of a free player to have around the squad. The two-year contract, again, I think it makes sense for the club because we don't know what he's going to turn out to be yet, right? He's only had 15 or so games at the, at the top tier. Um, some of them were excellent. Some of them were, were really terrible. And obviously some of them were just cameos, um, but we don't know what we've got yet in him. And he probably doesn't know what he's got yet in the club. Um, he's obviously been given some level of assurance by Steve Bruce that he's going to get some games. Otherwise he, he wouldn't have stayed. 
I think if he had signed a four or five year contract, they probably would have loaned him out this season. I think he does need, you know, 30, 40 games either at the championship level or actually even even abroad somewhere. Um, you know, young players are doing that now if they're going to get some game time. So that that wouldn't have worried me had he gone abroad on loan. Uh, but the two year deal must mean that he's going to stay. I don't think he'd sign a two year two year loan or a two year contract and then loan somebody out. So he's going to be in and around the squad, uh, which is which is a good thing for him and a good thing for Sean on Jeff Hendrick. Um, you know, again, like everyone's saying, he's fine. He's going to do a job for the club. I don't think he's going to, he's going to be a problem. He does play a lot of games. He doesn't get injured very often, which again is massive because we've got a midfield full of guys that get hurt all the time, right? Sean Longstaff, Isaac Hayden, John Joe Shelby. They tend to get injured every season, whether it's for a few weeks here or a few weeks there, or in the case of someone like, like Sean that was out for three or four months. Um, so we're, we're going to need cover in there. But I think the signings overall sort of tell me two things right now. And I said this on Twitter and I got a bit of stick for it. But Newcastle basically so far in the summer have signed a third choice goalkeeper for free. Um, they're fourth and fifth choice midfielders, probably in Hendricks and, and Matty behind um, Isaac Hayden, John Joe and, and, and Sean. So we've signed a bunch of third, fourth and fifth. Uh, choices and we haven't spent any money um, so that's interesting I think it tells you a lot about where the club is heading in this window which is really sad we've talked a lot about 30 and 40 million pound budgets and I'm just not sure that's going to be the case anymore um, take that for what it's worth um, and then I, I got a lot of stick for this yesterday on Twitter as well a lot of reaction including from from Nathan about Morales uh, from up at Rangers. Um, I, you know, I made the comment that even with Hendrick, Newcastle could still sign uh, Alfredo Morelos, um, Ryan Frazier and Jetro Williams and not spend more than £30 million, pounds, uh, at least in my opinion. Uh, um, so I think that's the, that's the work that Newcastle have to do. Um, they could have done it already, frankly, given the fact that Frazier's out of contract. I think Jetro is available for nothing, um, according to a lot of what you read online. But even if that was a loan deal, I think it would be a great deal. And Morelos has been thrown out at Rangers because he wants to leave. And I'm guessing they'd take 18 or 20 million for him right now. So you throw in Jacob Murphy and I think you've got a deal there. So I don't know whether there's 30 million available anymore. It sounds like that number's changing the longer the window goes on. And that scares me because we've, we've, got, we've got games in two weeks and we've got no one to score any goals. Great points uh, made there, Adam. Uh, Nathan, I'll come to you, give you a right reply. Giving Adam stick about that. How are lad? <laughs> oh, no, I was just saying, I, like, Morellas, for me, he's, he's one of those players that I don't, I think he'd end up being a bit of a liability in our team. Um, he'd end up like being off the pitch more than, uh, than Mitrovic was, I reckon. He's, he seems a bit more of a nut than he is as well, somehow. So um, I was thinking, like, if, um, if, his disciplinary record has been as it has been under Gerard, and Gerard seems to be like quite a bit of a like a, a strict manager up at, up at Rangers. I can't imagine what he'd be like under Steve Bruce. We've heard about people saying about like Bruce saying the, the players saying that they enjoy playing for Bruce more than they enjoy playing for Rafa, but that's because they don't work twice as hard as as what they do what they did do for Rafa. So I think you know I'd, I'd be worried about him slipping into our team and then and then. Not behaving himself, to be honest with you. In in terms of like the other, in terms of the long staff deal, I think it's um, it's obviously it's pleasing to see that he signed a new deal. Like we've talked about how 
like regrettable it's been for this to drag on as long as it has done. Um, I'd be interested to kind of know how much of the, like the progress that led to the deal being made was actually from concession from the club or actually, you know, Matty not having a better deal. I wonder how much they offered, how much more they offered him because it seemed seemed to me like we were getting gazumped by teams in Italy for like to. But it'd be interesting to see if they offered him a deal that's like sort of, you know, um, represents his his squad status. I'm not sure how much he's going to play next season though. Like especially now we brought Hendrick in, he seems to have gone out of the way to get to get Hendrick. There were quite a lot of teams that were interested in him. So yeah, you're looking at like Shelby. His brother, um, Isaac Hayden, and then Hendrick possibly ahead of him. So I think it's I think it's going to be cameos again this season. But I don't know what that does for his development at his age. I think I'd agree with Adam. He needs he needs to be playing more. Um, but then do they loan him out? But then that wouldn't make sense with like like Adam said with the length of contract. Um, I think he's he's possibly signed the contract with a view to um, realizing that the club he's playing for in two years' time might be a very different club than than what we are at this moment in time. You know that. Something's going to happen this season. At some point, you would have thought, with some semblance of a takeover from from some direction, you would have hoped. So, yeah, I think it's um, it's good to see that he's um, he's signed up. And I noticed a lot what a lot of people have said. You know, they're not too fussed on him, or that he's not like great. He's only scored a goal, like a goal against United, and that that's all he's done, kind of thing. But with him being a homegrown lad, and I think he needs to, you know, whether, whether he turns into a great Premier League player or whether he just goes on to be a somewhat average sort of journeyman Premier League player. It should be us Newcastle fans that get to sort of experience that journey and get to find out from him playing in our team rather than him being snapped up from under our noses on a free and going off to develop elsewhere. So I think, you know, it's our, our track record in, in recent seasons of promoting youth to the first team has been dismal, hasn't it? Like we look at players that have been touted to go, like to be the next big thing, like Carroll's probably the last one to my mind that's, Gone on to do anything somewhat decent, and even then, he's he's been like a shade of what he was at Newcastle. You look at the likes of Harris Fukic and Sorensen and uh, uh, Adam Armstrong to a, to a degree, and you know they've they've not they've never quite made it for us. And a lot of these players just seem to tend to drift out of our reserves from the from the youth team. They, they go off elsewhere, and then nothing, and we never see them again. So I'd like to think that we get the chance to to watch him grow and watch him develop, and you know, hopefully, he can. Uh, you can push on and make some inroads into the team. Good stuff. Alwali, what's your views? Were you happy to see Matty uh, sign that contract? Uh, actually, I am. Uh, regarding, uh, I said before, uh, the management of Newcastle, uh, they should focus more about the players and they need more than who is available. And uh, regarding uh, Hendrix, I think he's, he will be a good uh, addition to the to the squad, uh, help uh, Mr. Steve Bruce with, uh, with uh, another choices in the, the middle field and the defense as well. Uh, I, I am like Martin, I care much about the statistic and I saw some statistic. Uh, he's, and he seemed to me, he's a fighter. I also see a couple of uh, videos on YouTube for him. Uh, regarding uh, Matt's staff, uh, actually we see all, uh, we see all the, and a lot of clubs were, were caring for him to sign him, to win his sign. And I think he, he, he improved uh, very quick, kind of the player who, improve, who improves very quickly. So uh, I think this is a succeed to continue uh, with Newcastle, especially with the circumstances now. Thanks, Al-Walid. Uh, Andre, 
your views on on the week's events? I like Matty Longstaff. I I find something very both calls about him, but whether he can reach up to the level of scores, it's really up to the hands of coaches and his manager. And you know, Newcastle hasn't proven to be a good place for nurturing talent in the past like 10, 15, 20 years, if you want. So uh, it's really it, it depends also on the individual and the coaching, of course. But I'm happy that he's staying. And uh, the guys mentioned as well, you know, the fact that he has two years is a bit of a, on a probation. If he can prove himself, probably he can get uh, a bigger contract. But at the same time, probably if he proves himself, he can attract attention from uh, currently bigger clubs. And he already showed that he's open to, to moving and doing the best for his career and not, uh, you know, pursuing the dream for playing for, for Newcastle. Uh, for Jeff Hendrick, I'm, I, I'm honestly, uh, I have a good vibe about this transfer. Because, you know, I've, I've been excited for a lot of transfer in the past 20 years, probably like all of us. I was very excited about Michael Owen, about Damian Duff, about Albert Luque, who had a great career in Deportivo before that, and many, many more. And uh, we, we all know how these guys performed. And at the same time, there were guys like even Sharon Zogbia or Antoine Sibierski or some others who were unassuming and they did a job and they, they proved uh, that they really were much above expectation. I have a good vibe about, about uh, Jeff Hendrick. Uh, other than this, I'm not happy with the, with the window so far. And uh, the good thing is that this, this year it ends on 5th of October. So still the, more, than, uh, more than a month till it closes. I expect also Newcastle to move players. There are, we, talked, uh, we talked last week that there are 12 or 13 players which are uh, they, their contracts are ending in one year from now, including Kieran Clark, Andre Yedlin, Isaac Hayden is there as well. Uh, Fabian Scher is also, he has one year left. So I expect some of these players will be moved. And that's why there are rumors that Bruce is looking for a central defender or for cover in central midfield. But until Newcastle signs a top striker or, or, or let's say a striker who can do the job and who can really guarantee at least 10 goals, because now the body set at 10 goals in the past, it used to be 20 or 25 goals. Now we don't have a striker who can do 10 goals per season. Until they sign a striker, it's, uh, it's a bad window. Yeah, I fully agree with that, uh, Andre. We need a striker, and a lot of people agree with that on the comments that are coming through. Let's go to Jason's uh, point here, Daz. Uh, what do you make about LaSalle saying we need to adopt winning mentality this season? As Jason says, surely that should already be in place, shouldn't it? Yes, every time there's the step on the pitch, that, that, that's what we, should be what we're going to try to achieve. Um, no, like... Yeah, I think they go about that already, uh, and they're 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 a tight knit squad as well. Like they've 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 we, like we know we're going to be in the dogfight this this season, uh, and they are they are guys that 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 they will play for the shirt. Like uh, they're not the prima donnas. They, they they will give it their their all. So I think carry on what they're, what they're doing. You know, um, a few tweaks here and there, like the striker and the left back and another winger, and look at we. We, we can but try. Um, let's see where we are then at the end of the season. Still happy with him as captain going into the season, Daz? Def, seen a few people. Definitely. There's always a few... Dis yeah, yeah. I know. I've definitely ha happy with, with LaSalle's, yeah. <laughs> I know I don't think you're his biggest fan, Steve, but uh, but uh, no, mm. I, I'm happy with, with, with LaSalle's, uh, to tell you the truth. Um, I, and look, he, he, he stood up when, it, when he needed to... Uh, I think back when we were in the the, the championship, he uh, and even before we got relegated, he, he, he stood up and... Uh, so I think he's the man to lead us, for sure. Yeah, Adam, there should really not be a case of having a winning mentality. It should already be there, shouldn't it? And I think, I think for me, what's happened over over the last few seasons, including under Rafa's reign, is there was like this 
backs to the wall mentality with this squad. You know, the likes of Richie, Lascelles, Shelby, uh, to name three, have all been there. You know, during the bad times and the good times, i.e., relegation and then promotion, and then you know, basically cementing their place back in the Premier League and escaping relegation. It has to be said. So there is that back to the wall mentality, which which gives you that gives you that winning mentality. Really, you know that you know it's us against them. Yeah, I mean it's it's the core of the championship winning team, isn't it? They, you know, I think I feel like every year or at least every summer we talk about the need to sort of move on from some of these players and replace some of these players. But right through the team, really, the core group that's been there um, is the team that won the championship. And as you said, Steve, it's the same team that basically Rafa set up to defend and be and be um, strong at the back and and win and score when we could. So if you go from Dummett to Richie to Lash- to Lascelles, um, to even Yedlin before he got replaced, and then you know Shelby and Hayden in the middle, Dwight Gale up front, right? We, in some ways, the club, if they were ambitious, we should probably have moved beyond these players, right? Every every year that you stay in the Premier League, you you get more money from TV, get more money from the commercials, more money from the revenue. You should be moving beyond these players, but we we just haven't done that. Um, right, wrong, or indifferent. And it's the same guys that are showing up every week and performing, you know, seven out of 10. I know Newcastle fans hate hearing seven out of 10 um, from the Chronicle, but they are. They're seven out of 10 players. And I think Jeff Hendrick is probably going to be another seven out of 10 player. Um, so these are the guys that, that have been around long enough now to fight for that shirt, have the mentality that's been installed in them by Rafa and now by Bruce, to, to his credit. Um, to fight for the club and, and to keep us in the division. So we're not going to go out and spend the money to replace the likes of Shelby and Hayden and Gale and, and Dummett and Richie and Lascelles. So we've got to stick with these guys. They, they've got us to where we are. You, you know, you, you dance with who brung you um, type thing. So I'm okay with all of that. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with the core of the squad. And, and as we've been talking, we just need to we just need to replace the fringes. We need to get the fringes figured out and obviously buy a striker to, to score the goals. But Lascelles, just on a sort of personal note, you know, he, he had a very, very strong season um, two years ago now, and there was, you know, talk of him breaking into the uh, to the England team. He has had some uh, some injury worries, so I think that's affected his form. And I think also the system change affected him at first because they didn't know who to partner him with. You know, they they tried Shah, he couldn't play in a flat back four. Lejeune, when he's healthy, is is probably our best centre defender, so he. He always works his way back into the team when he's fit, but unfortunately, it's never for about you know more than two or three games at a time. I think now, really, they they found uh, Lascelles' partner in Fede Fernandez, um, and that's going to be really, really impactful, I believe, going into this season to to know that we have those two central defenders figured out from from day one, and, and obviously, hopefully, they both stay fit and can have a run in the team with with uh, with some consistency. Because they performed really, really well towards the back end of that season. And they seem to have a sort of connectivity that you need between two centre-backs. Um, so I'm very happy about that. And absolutely, he should be our captain. He's been a leader now for a while. Um, I have no problem with that whatsoever. But we do have strong leaders around him, again, in, in Shelby and Hayden and Richie, and even Dwight Gale, if he can stay on the pitch. So I'm OK with the group as it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... 
you know, I think we're really tied with this ongoing situation. And, uh, you know, I am keep getting tweets, you know, how do you know it's ongoing? It's dead. You know, they've pulled out. Look, it's quite obvious with the takeover situation. There is still something going on. And people ask them when we'll hear something from Amanda and PCP. Well, we'll hear something when it's over. We'll, or we'll hear something when they take the club over. That's that's where we're at with the takeover situation. It's it's been a game of brinkmanship, like I said right at the start. And um, you know, people have just got to trust me on that. It's uh, it's a situation which is still ongoing. And you know, rumours today that Ian Murter in the Star um, says that Mike Ashley's going to release a statement to say that these other cases of you know takeovers on uh, you know are tire kickers. They're not true. So possibly going to call out the likes of. Um, you know, uh, Henry Maurice, um, potentially the, the Bellanova group. Uh, we'll wait with interest and, and see what Mike actually has to come out with on that. Al-Walid, we need a striker, don't we, really? We do need a striker to, to, to put the ball in the back of the net. And, uh, and and you know, obviously we're talking about Lascelles there and, and, and saying that we need a winning mentality. You know, th- that should just be there, shouldn't it, already? Um, uh, for me, I just read this now about Lascelles' uh, statement. Uh, I hope he's not referring to any player or maybe some players now he didn't feel uh, he didn't feel that they are have a winning mentality but I think the management of Newcastle and the coach when they're trying to sign a player I think they put in the consideration this uh, because it's an important point so I think they put it in the consideration about uh, winning mentality before they sign a, uh, any player uh, and of course definitely I see before uh, statistically um, uh, every uh, on the on the last season, last season, uh, every game, the Newcastle team have three shots on target. Chance of getting in the goal is 0.7. So definitely, we need a striker uh, with Guile. Not just because I, I I saw Guile, he usually and as Alan like maximum score most of the goals, and we and we need extra for that. Yeah. Nathan, I saw somebody ask a little bit earlier there, um, you know, what kind of striker can Newcastle expect to sign under these restrictions and circumstances? I mean, you know, we're getting linked, in, of course, with the likes of, you know, you know, Callum Wilson, Josh King. But realistically, without a takeover, that's just pipe dreams, isn't it? We need to be trying to find somebody who we can get in on loan, who can't get a club, who's keen on coming here and putting themselves back in the shop window. Yeah, I think so. I think with the the budget that we've talked about, around about thirty million, I think it's uh, we've got our defense is good. We don't need any more defenders. Um, if we could get Willems in as well, that'd be that'd be perfect. And then I think we'd we'd be all right there. We've got an abundance of midfielders, so I'd be quite happy with us spending the if there is that budget to spend. I'd be quite happy with us spending all of it to get the right to get the right person in for the job. We need someone who's you know who's got a proven pedigree. I think we've, you know, we took the a massive gamble last season that didn't pay off in the Brazilian lad. He's uh he do not know where the net is. So it's, um, Oh, I won't mention his name so we don't have to go into it again, but yeah, it's, I'd, I'd be quite happy with spending the bulk of our, of our transfer kitty on, on a striker. Someone like Callum Wilson. I think I mentioned it last week, but I'd look at getting Troy Deeney in from Watford. I think he, you know, he's really committed to Watford, but even he refused to, to rule out, um, rule out that he'd stay at the club. So um, I think, that, yeah, that's that's what I'd go for. I think in terms of what we're talking about, the, the winning mentality, it's interesting to hear that from Lascelles because obviously that comes after, it was only around a, about a month or so ago when 
Steve Bruce was saying he was thrilled to be six points behind Southampton, and we all, you know, made our feelings very clear on on that on the show after, after he'd said it. But I think it's um, you look at some of the stats that were pulled up last season. Can't remember them off the, off the top of my head now, but in terms of attacking intent, we were like I think we were like nineteenth out of twentieth. For there was a graphic on Sky Sports News, and it was Steve Bruce's last season. And I think we were like nineteenth out of twenty for a wealth of stats like shots on target, chances created, um, like possession in the in the opposition's half, touches in the opposition's box. So I think we really need to to look at that. And it, it seems to me like sort of going forward, we don't really. We, last season we didn't really have any idea of how we wanted to play. Um, I'd be right. Like people talk about wanting to see attractive football and that kind of stuff, but I'd I'd rather us be. I'd be more than happy with assigning someone like Chris Wood and knocking the ball up to him and, and having St. Maximum and Almiron run off him and pick up pick up bits. Like I'd rather us do that. And if that means we've got more of an attacking threat up front rather than trying to play football that we don't have the players to play, I'd rather us do something like that next season and have a, have a focal point up front and someone that's going to give us a bit of presence up there because that was woefully, woefully lacking last season. And it got, it just went to show because we, you know, we, we didn't have the ball in the opposition area. And if you don't have the ball in that area, then we're not going to score a goal. We're not going to get any points, so yeah, that's what we need to do. I think we need to to change around and play and realize that realize where we are as a club now, and you know, realize that Steve Bruce probably doesn't have a master plan like like Rafa did for every single game. But I think it's just about getting through the season and getting someone up front that's going to give us that focal point. Like Chris Wood would would be would be a great Ashley Barnes is great as well from Newcastle from uh, Burnley. I think he's he'd be a good signing. Um, someone that can that's big and strong and that's a nuisance up front. Daz, I know you wanted to jump in quickly on the strikers. Yeah, Steve. Um, just yeah, Callum Wilson and and Chris Wood. If someone can put the ball in his head, we'd probably need that winger first as well. But um, on two two other options, I was thinking of was uh, Michi Bachawai from Chelsea and maybe Origi. Uh, both of those guys, they're they're going to be. Uh, they're down the pecking order in Liverpool and, and Chelsea. But the Euros coming up, they'll be playing for squad positions as well to get into the squad. So maybe. If we could get them on loan, if that's if if we're not going to blow our cash on, uh, on for on a striker, we we need something. We need uh, and they they've played in the Premier League. They they haven't got a, a, a massive chance at their respective clubs, but that they'd get the chance at Newcastle. Martin, do I have any cash? That's probably one of the worries people have got. Uh, you know, a, a lot of people starting to doubt whether there's cash to spend. And, and this fictional figure of 35 million, which probably appeared on, you know, some kind of, you know, some kind of article by a journalist who just thought, yeah, they probably have about 30, 35 million to spend. You know, it, it's there's no guarantees that that money's there. Yeah, I, I think actually think it was Daz made that number up, but um, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't, I don't, you know what? I think, you know, everybody is saying the same thing. And I, I think the thing with the striker for me, like I, I would love to see us go after Chris Woods. I think he could really do a job for us. Um, I know somebody, I just seen one of the comments there, somebody saying, you know, he's no better than Carroll. Well, he is because he stays fit. And I think if you had a, if you had a decent focal man up there, he's good. He gets in. He reminds me, to be fair, he reminds me a bit of Shearer. He, you know, he gets up high. He, he's good in the air. He's strong. He gets the elbows up. And I think if you played somebody like Gale off him or, or, as, or as the guy said, you know, Almiron and that buzzing in and around him, I think we'd score goals. So have, have we got any money? Um, I'd say we have, but I'd say but by the time Charlie does the deals, it's probably no longer leng- uh, legal tender. So um, 
I, th I think it is going to be loans. That I, I think the other thing for for every club is every club is looking for that striker. Everybody's looking for the same thing. Every Premiership club, every Championship club is looking for the same thing. And you know, we we've got no European football to offer. We've got no Champions League football to offer. We have to live within the means that we've got. So for me, I think I, I would be looking at the Championship and looking at looking at some players that that could get you the 10 or 15 working alongside Gale but I'd love to see I'd love to see us go in for for Chris Woods I really think he could do a job for us but yeah again the by the time you go on, go on I was going to say the ironic thing is and obviously I know this with, with his work and with Rafa and his team when he was here is that we could have had Chris Woods Chris Woods would have been a Newcastle player um, you know, had Mike Ashley been playing ball with Rafa at the time, but unfortunately, we had Mitrovic on our books, yeah. and we're in this bizarre position where they couldn't be guaranteeing that if they got rid of Mitrovic, that they would have actually got the money. Um, yeah. You know, that, that's how much the distrust surrounded the club. But I know for a fact that Rafa's people actually spoke to Chris Wood's agent um on on transfer deadline day, and he said that he was interested in coming to Newcastle, yeah. Um, yeah. but. They couldn't be guaranteed that if they sold Mitrovic to Fulham uh, at that time, the that they would actually get the money. And you know, so we missed out there on, a, on an opportunity. Yeah. You know, missed out I, on an opportunity. I, I, I think he, I think he'd come in a heartbeat. Um, you know, I watched him when he was at Leeds, and I thought he, like he was, he was quality there. Um, I think he's done a great job at Burnley. You know, he suits that way the dice sets up. Um, and I, and I think to be fair, three out of the last two games we played Burnley, like he's done us over. Like he, you know, he's not afraid to get in and mix it up with the defense, and you know, he he's he's great in the air. I'm, he's got got to be a downside better than Joe Linton anyway. And I'm I'm not going to get into to knocking him. You know, we know where we are with him, but I, I I just think you know everybody is saying the same thing. If we don't get goals, um, you know, I, I said there, I, I, we're a confidence team, and if we don't get a good start and a good crank into it. You know the the mentality seems to drop very quickly with us as it did last season, and I think you know sometimes you're looking at the sideline. I think Daz said it, you know, and, and Adam about having the plan B. We don't have one. We don't have a plan B, and you're looking across the pitch to Bruce on the sideline, and he he's his head in his hands. So mm -hmm. it's just you just wonder where the inspiration and that plan, you know, being able to mix it up, be it Lachelle's changing something or Hayden or Shelby pulling a couple of strings and moving a couple of bits around. I didn't see it at the back end of the last season. and I go back to the start. Two wins out of 18. You know, if we carry that form into the start, we're in trouble. Yeah, I agree. Andre, um, Lewitt, Remy, I mean, you know, when he came when he came on loan to the club last time, you know, he, you know, he hit the ground running. He's a few years older now, of course, but, um, you know, is, is, that, is that the level we're at, do you think? Or do you, do you think we can attract somebody else? Uh, Remy, yeah, I think he's 33 already. I don't, I don't think that. Honestly, I haven't watched him in Lille last season. Uh, I know that he he was playing there and he scored uh, some goals. But I, I saw the name of Irving Lozano this week for uh, for a loan, and uh, I'm, uh, he's, he's a great player. He's the record signing by Napoli from from uh, last year, and uh, he was a real star at the World Cup in 2018. If I, I don't know who works the loan market for Newcastle, I was impressed with the January signings. On paper, Bentaleb, Lazaro, and Danny Rose were very impressive loan signings. The the fact that none of them did uh, spectacular is another topic. But I was impressed with the with the job on the loan market, and I'm really looking forward to some loans this summer. 
if it's Steve Bruce or if, it, if it's Steve Nixon. Uh, and they also mentioned that they'll be they'll be working the low market. So if they manage to attract this guy, Irving Lozano, it will be a real coup. And uh, he's a very, of course, adapting to the Premier League and he's never played there. And, uh, you know, how it will go, it's another topic. But uh, he has a lot of potential. Another name that's mentioned a lot since Rafa's time, actually, is Joseph Martinez from Atlanta. Uh, for a couple of reasons, he's a great, great uh, friend of Mickey Almiron, and uh, uh, he's the big star in MLS. I've seen him for a couple of games. Again, he's he hasn't played in the Premier League. Nobody knows how he can adapt, and I don't think that he is available on loan. So probably, if they are to spend the entire budget on one player, this is the type of signing that they can uh, they can spend the money on. But uh, there are so many many names thrown around. We 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 cover them all. I really I really hope that uh, you know the rabbit will come out of place that we don't expect and uh, regarding the winning mentality i wanted to make a comment about lasalle statement that you know winning mentality comes with winning you know it's not something that you can develop without actually practicing it and newcastle you know they won 11 games in the premier league last season 12 games per season in the two years of rafa in the premier league so basically you can't have a winning mentality when you win less than 30 percent of your games yes you have to have i think a dogfight mentality kind of they have to fight every game for 100 at 100% of their abilities, something that actually was the major strength of the team under Rafa and something that last season with Bruce was missing in a couple of games, like the five new trashing at Leicester. And um, they have to have a different mentality. And for winning, let's hope that let's hope that with a couple of signings and with the fixtures that we discussed, the winning mentality can come mm. with success on the pitch. It's I think if we had some of the guys who appear on this show um, on, a, on a regular basis in the dressing room, I think uh, Lascelles could probably retire from being captain because the passion that you lads show um, is, is second to none. Um, does last 15 minutes of the show, um, let's go back to, to, to the takeover situation. And, and Chion Wuras has now launched another petition. Um, I noticed it hasn't gone down too well on social media. Spenny Mag's just been on earlier asking if we could give it a you know give it a give it a bit of a push. I, I think it's interesting that there's another one being launched and that she she's certainly grasping grasping that you know that you know it's something needs to be done moving forward. Uh, my concern she's she interjection now is that she has to be massively supportive of the takeover. I understand as a politician you have to sometimes sit on the fence, but you know she is she is the MP for Newcastle um, and she's launched this. So you know why you know have you signed it and, and why do you think the fans are, are taken to another petition a little less favourably? Uh, yeah, no, I signed it myself. Um, and I encourage everyone else to sign it. And uh, no, I, I think uh, uh, look, I wouldn't know too much about uh, the English politics, uh, the Irish politics. They all seem to play golf. Um, but uh, I think Martin gets that 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 joke. But um, yeah, no, um, yeah, I think I think everyone should get behind it. And look, look, she's she's always campaigning for, for Newcastle. She's involved in in in. Uh, she's been involved in the the trust as well, and a few of the meetings. And uh, she, she's always pushing uh, on our behalf and I suppose uh, on the behalf of her consist constituents. Yeah. Adam, have you signed the petition? And, you know, do you think the, this is the people should be getting behind? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I get what she's trying to do. My understanding is that this is a more formal petition that will require the government to respond, I think, at 10,000 signatures, which she's up yeah. over... 
15 or 16,000 now. Um, so I think it, as much as anything else, Steve, it, it's just an effort to keep the public dialogue going around the sort of transparency from the Premier League, not just in this takeover effort, but frankly, in all of their dealings with the public and, and more importantly, with the fans. Um, she's made a point recently, I forget exactly where I heard it, but she, she made the point that in all of her dealings with the Premier League, they've come off incredibly condescending and arrogant towards um, not only MPs, but the government in general. And, and in many ways, that stands for their approach towards fans. Um, so again, I don't think this is an effort to sort of change the direction of the current takeover. Uh, I think it's more of an effort to keep the public dialogue going around the transparency that the Premier League has been lacking for so long. And in some ways, you know, I, I think it goes sort of hand in hand with the trust's efforts in general um, to sort of keep the, the, the conversation going around how the Premier League um, sort of values fan input, um, which is ultimately their end consumer, right? The Premier League doesn't exist without the fans of every club. And I think right now the Premier League's in a difficult position because even when the games start here in a couple of weeks, the fan experience is going to be terrible, um, particularly in the UK, where my understanding is these these games aren't going to be live on TV or, or very few of them are going to be live on TV for you guys to have access to. We're very lucky in America. I know broadcast rights aren't something that we all want to be talking about right now, but, but NBC, which is the biggest sports broadcaster here in America, does a tremendous job with the Premier League. They, they signed a huge deal a few years ago. And, we get every single game live, regardless of who you support. You, you can watch every game, um, all, all 38 games for your team, which is massive. Um, so our fan experience isn't going to change whether there are fans or, or not in the stadium. But the Premier League has a real sort of PR problem right now. Um, that if nothing else, this this sort of uh, this dialogue needs to happen in public. And, and I appreciate Chi's efforts to sort of keep that going. Yeah, uh, I'll lead. It's um, you know another petition. I've seen a lot of comments coming in. One in particular, James makes a point: we're signing and doing all these things that people are asking, yet we don't get anything back from anyone. Um, somebody also made the point of when the you know when the MPs go back to work because obviously they're all still on holiday. Parliament's still on holiday. Will that make any difference? Um, signing petitions, it, it doesn't take much to do. Alwali, does it really? Actually, uh, partially disagree. Uh, partially disagree with the comment of James. I think uh, let's back to the first petition. Uh, what was what did for us uh, before we were in dark, and after this, uh, I mean, I'm talking about first uh, petition. We after the pressure, we keeping up the pressure. Uh, the trust also did good job. At least now, and with that, get us get us now. We know exactly <clears throat> what was. A disagreement about this is for first petition we know what is the disagreement was about uh, regardless the issue or disagreement uh, it was label any you know, it seems not label and not reasonable uh, but at least uh, we get the answer or what what was the disagreement so let's hope now obviously now we hear everywhere there is a work behind uh, behind the walls so uh, there is a as we say, um, as we hear, uh, modified deal or something going on. Uh, maybe we really uh, would like to know uh, a little bit about or uh, or confirmation from any kind. Uh, but uh, hopefully, this second petition uh, will make us still keep the pressure, uh, keep the pressure, pressure, uh, make uh, the Premier League more cornered, 
and push them for for uh, for approving for vertical. Talking Tyler, sorry mate, I didn't mean to come back to your question earlier. I noticed you've put it up a couple of times. Uh, the Premier League money for last season will go to the club, so Mike Ashley will will continue to take the money in until uh, there's a new owner. That is the answer to your question, and as simple as that. Nathan, um, on to you now, mate. On uh, you know, obviously what we've just been talking about. Yeah, I think it's the, the timing of it is un, unfortunate. I think it's as a fan base, we're all suffering from takeover fatigue, aren't we? And I, I'm. I've been continually like confident for the last few years that we, you know, every time there's been a takeover story, um, I think I'm at the point where it's like this is the, like one one takeover too far for me now. I think anything else that comes after this, I'm, if it happens, it happens, and I'm not really bothered. But I think it's um, the, the timing of the of the petitions. Like if if Cheese petition would have come right at the start, I think everyone would have thrown all the weight behind it. I think now everyone's at a point where everyone's really disillusioned as as what's you know as, as to what's going to happen next. Um people feel that have got a bit of a sense of injustice. I know I've sp- spoken on here in previous weeks and and raised the, the issue with the uh the trust that they need to reach out and get some sort of commitment or some sort of comment from from the buyer's side. Um because we've been asked to do things and we've done them and then there's a sense of injustice that we feel that we're still in the dark somewhat because I think if you look at the the responses that came back uh, from the uh, the the meeting with the Premier League this week, they were kind of like stock responses, weren't they? Really, they're almost we've all read the kind of the documentation that's given around the owners and directors test and the the answers to the question that the trust asked. They read like the st- this like the standard answers to uh, that are there in the documentation. So. We kind of feel that we don't been, we've not been taken any further along by the petitions, although it has been it has been productive because it's kept things in the limelight. And even we saw a real hesitation from some of the big broadcasters, such as BBC and Sky, to to put anything on their channels about us until it got to a certain point. Whereas I feel like if it had been any of the more fashionable clubs that have been talking about it straight away, I would have imagined. Um, but yeah, personally, I have signed the, the petition. I would urge everyone to do so. It takes two minutes, and I think the it's not. I think with this petition, it's not a case of we need to get to a hundred thousand. Then it's something. It's just that when cheese in 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 Parliament, the more people that that have signed it, the more clout it's got, and the more people that will stand up and listen to it. I think cheese done a fantastic job for for Newcastle. She's done more, you know, in in her time as a as an MP than Ashley's done for us, and she's been willing to stand up on. For us on a number of occasions on a number of different issues so yeah I'd, I'd urge everyone to get behind it even though there is that fatigue setting in now of uh one takeover i think it's a case of just getting behind it and then if uh you know if, if it can shove if, if it can urge things in the right direction then if we've got the government asking questions as well it can only stand us in good stead to hopefully get the outcome that we want because i think everyone's saying you know we're saying that we want clarity on the takeover process and we want but let's not like be shy about it we want the Saudis to take over our football club, don't we? I think let's not pretend that we just want a reform of the Premier League's owners and directors test. We want them to come and buy our club. So the more proactive steps we can do to make that happen, then, you know, I'm not shy about saying it. That's what we should do. So Good stuff. Martin? Yeah, I've signed. Um, I think look, Nathan's pretty much said most of it there. I think, you know, anything we can do, you know, to keep it in the spotlight we need to keep doing. I don't think the Premier League were ever going to tell us anything more. I think the trust... Did, did as good a job as they could. Um, 
I think she has done as much as she could. I think that one of the points I would probably make is similar to, to Steve Hasty, Steve off the show on Friday. I just wish we'd seen more of the county council and so on in Newcastle. I wish there was more voices coming out of them and people maybe looking at, you know, where we're losing the investment for the city, not just about the football club. And I think that that gets completely glossed over at times and gets lost in 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 the passion for the football club. Um, but like, you know, there was so much more to this deal. Um, and I think, you know, I said kind of pre coming on air, I think your point is right, Steve. I think there is bits going on. Um, I think the silence probably te- does tell you that. Um, where's it going to get to? God knows. Um, we seem to, you know, be in this stasis and, and uh, you know, fatigue, as, as Nathan said. Um, but interestingly, uh, you know, I know we don't want to get deep into the TV deal piece, but... You know, the TV deal is up in a couple of years. The Premier League, uh, uh, you know, will lose some money somewhere along the line. You know, China seemed to be dipping away. And, you know, there are implications, you know, on the Qatari side, you know, possibly coming. So I just think that there, there is compromise to be had. I think there will be a deal at some point. Um, and I think we just got to keep doing what we can do, keep the keep the faith um, and, and keep chugging along. I think that's all we can do. Andre, last word to you, mate. I also signed the petition. It took me like 30 seconds, I believe. And, uh, yeah, it's very little that us fans can do, especially for those outside UK. But uh, whatever we can do, let's let's do it. It doesn't take much. Let's keep uh, the topic uh, on the focus of attention of uh, the British Parliament. Let's. Uh, I really hope the Newcastle fans, when they are allowed to go back in the stadium, can also keep the pressure on the Premier League. I saw Warflex, uh, the Warflex group made this huge uh, banner with Premier League is corrupt. I think that they care a lot about these messages because they are broadcast, broadcast globally and it can really hurt them. And I think that, you know, because it was not fair that, you know, they, they picked Newcastle to the, 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 P, the PSG deal was allowed, the Man City deal was allowed. Roman Abramovich came with, uh, you know, strange money to buy Chelsea in 2003 and he was allowed in the game. They picked Newcastle in 2020 to make a statement on uh, clean, uh, clean desk policy in football. I think the Newcastle fans should really turn the heat on the Premier League in the stadium and uh, in whichever way possible so that we can... Uh, we can get our revenge, let's say. Yeah, good point. Uh, well made, uh, lads. In general, as always, it's a, it's a great show to get you on and get viewpoints from around the world. Um, I'm back tomorrow night with uh, Ladies' Night. Again, that's at 7.30 tomorrow. Um, join me and the girls. I've got some good ones lined up as well. A, a lot of people saying, well done on David Ike. I mean, it was difficult to keep him on uh, to keep him on just football, but uh, I managed it up until the last 10 minutes when then he obviously uh, had a little bit to say. But I thought it was a fascinating interview. It was great. This week, I've got uh, Steve Harmison lined up. Um, the uh, Ashton Express, of course, uh, a man who almost single-handedly helped England win uh, the uh, the kit. Uh, also got Peter Hooten on, which should be interesting from the farm. Peter, a good pal of mine, who obviously helped set up uh, the spirit of Shankly down in Liverpool. So I will be asking him why Liverpool and Tottenham have uh, decided to try and stop Newcastle United being taken over by the Saudis. And if you're into crime, um, tomorrow night I'm doing a live with uh, Kelly Massey, who is uh, Paul Massey's daughter, uh, about the forthcoming book that I'm releasing uh, later this year about her dad. So uh, plenty coming up this week, but of course, Ladies' night is 7.30 tomorrow night. Uh, tune in if you want to hear the girls' views on the last seven days at Newcastle United. Lads, it's been an absolute pleasure. 
Uh, as always, great to have you on. Looking forward to having you on again, hopefully next week. Until then, have a good week. Thank you, guys. Have a nice day, guys. Bye-bye. See you guys. Cheers. Man. See you guys. Good luck. Bye-bye.